that's not on anyway, right? Okay. All right, good evening. Thank you for coming, uh, and thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Joey, to uh, present on my trip to the Dominican Republic this year. And uh, for some of you, you're like, yeah, we've heard this one before. Each trip's a little different, so there should be some new stuff. And for some of you, you may have never heard this before. And uh, looking forward to sharing uh, what, God, what God has done, what God is doing, and uh, hopefully challenge all of us to consider what we can be doing to advance the kingdom of God going forward. And uh, before we dive in, uh, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll take a look at the presentation. So, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you uh, that you are a, a great God, as we just sang, one that we can sing to, one that we can trust. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to study your word. I thank you that you came into your creation and lived the perfect life, died of a perfect death to be our sacrifice so that we can be made right with you and spend an eternity with you. Pray that you would guide me tonight, uh, help me to have the words for the congregation that we all need to hear. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so back uh, July 29th, actually July 28th, I, uh, I left Detroit to head on this missions trip in the Dominican Republic uh, with a group called Play Ball. And this is a group that's organized through the Mission Board Baptist Mid-Mission. Uh, they're out of Cleveland. And uh, the intention when I left was to meet up with a group of guys down in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And then we were going to go and do uh, missions work. And this is my fifth time having gone on this trip. And every time, like I said, is different. Uh, there are similarities, but this being the first post-COVID year, a lot had changed from 2019, which was the last time that they were able to do this uh, missions trip. And so there were some, some logistical switches, some things that were, were unique. And, uh, and one of the things that I've learned about being in, in the Dominican is you have to kind of just go with the flow. Um, particularly outside of the U.S., just culturally, that's the way life goes anyway. Um, things do not go as you have planned, and uh, that's, that's a good thing. It's good for, good for me to be reminded of that, that I'm not in control. God is. He knows what's going on. He has a purpose for each and everything, and uh, sometimes it's just I just need to learn to laugh at myself, or whatever it is, uh, there's a lesson that needs to be learned. Uh, so... To get started, I'm going to actually play a video uh, that uh, Baptist Mid has produced in regards to play ball, and uh, should give a pretty good description of what the ministry is, uh, what it's like, and it is uh, from 2015, so it's a little bit dated, so uh, you'll see a younger version of myself kind of periodically show up, and uh, my brother-in-law, Jonathan Grono's in this video as well, um, so he was not on this trip, but you will you will see that so i'll go ahead and play that and then i will come back in a few minutes Y ahora, 
y tú lo recibes como tu salvador Teaching baseball uh, to young boys, uh, taking an interest in them, loving them, uh, opens the door uh, of opportunity to share Christ with them. To play ball with older men and younger men who want to share their love of baseball and their love of Christ with the boys of the Dominican Republic. And uh, using that to tell them of Jesus Christ. Uh, our mission statement says, play ball evangelizes communities through quality baseball instruction. We love baseball, but we love God more than baseball. And yes, it's a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel through baseball. You can't visit the Dominican Republic without noticing baseball, at least I couldn't. Baseball everywhere, boys playing with whatever they had, wherever they were, they were playing baseball. Grab my heart. I kept thinking if we could play with those boys, they would let us tell them about Jesus. And that thought was in my mind, the desire for years. And then in 2006, we had the opportunity to visit again speak with some pastors and present that question, is there some way to harness the passion of baseball here with gospel opportunity? And thankfully, there were Dominican pastors who said, yes, let's, let's give it a go. Teacher with us is hard. He watched us play baseball. He wanted to train the kids in baseball, give clinics with a, with a team of coaches. And through that, witness with those kids. Next year, 2007, he brought a group and we had the privilege to receive him here in Bani, Christian Baptist Church, and also in, a, in the East, in the First Baptist Church in Ato Mayor. So that's how Playball started, and well, it's been almost 10 years, 10 years, and praise the Lord. The Lord led us to a model of baseball instruction, teaching the boys how to play, and uh, organizing that around what we call stations for throwing, for base running, hitting, infield, and outfield. But for play ball to excel, our instruction needed to excel as well. And the Lord helped us there when he brought along Brent Castile, former professional baseball player with the Chicago Cubs, one who could articulate the basics of the game, put it on paper, help our instructors to teach the right kind of baseball. All the coaches and the little leagues that are here in the province, they acknowledge the church and the play ball ministry and always mentions that play ball ministry and the Baptist church has help them develop the kids in the baseball seals. We believe that by doing so, we earn their ears for the gospel, and it becomes a platform, a tool, to share Jesus Christ with the boys and the coaches and their parents. And so kids who come to play ball will indeed learn how to be fine ball players, but they will hear a clear presentation of Jesus Christ. They'll hear the gospel of salvation every day that they come to play ball. A play ball day is a great day. It's baseball. It's being with the boys of baseball. It's instructing boys in the game they love. It's three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon with two groups. It's knowing that every boy you're instructing is also going to the gospel station and listening to a message about the love of Jesus for his life. Play ball works and play ball is strong because it's a true partnership with the Dominican churches with whom we serve. It is the Dominican brethren serving with us, serving together that allow us to reach the boys of baseball. We say that the gospel station uh, is the main event and it's what, uh, it's what drives the ministry of playball. Presentar ese ministerio y yo creo que es un ministerio importante porque lleva el evangelio a aquellas personas, aquellos niños que lo necesitan. Y por eso glorificamos a Dios al usar a estos hombres 
para traer de manera especial a nuestra niñez el mensaje de salvación a través del béisbol. Y yo creo que es un ministerio muy bonito porque a través de los niños podemos alcanzar también a los padres. Wherever play ball takes place, we work in, with, and through a local church. Almost everyone in the church is involved. I can say as a pastor, 90% of our brethren is involved in something in play ball. This is a wonderful opportunity to serve and show our hospitality to everyone who comes here. And it is making an impact. The churches are crowded. We're causing them a real youth discipleship problem. That's a good thing. We ask the Lord to help us develop a model that is effective, sustainable, and reproducible. We have that model. There are other places where play ball can go, in the country of the Dominican Republic and in other countries, we believe. With sufficient personnel, which means more people, we can expand play ball into many, many places. Successful ministry is dependent on the Lord's hand on the right people. The play ball guy, he loves the Lord, he's burdened for souls, and he loves the game of baseball. And he's thrilled that the game he loves can be a tool to expand the gospel into many, many lives. If you like baseball at all, and you have a desire to serve the Lord in a capacity around the world, this is a ministry you can be involved in. It's an awesome opportunity, don't miss out. Play ball is a blessing, and it's a wonderful ministry. And I I'm going to tell every single one of my baseball friends about it that you have to come. We'd like someone with a baseball background who's been involved either as a player or as a coach or both. We have a stated curriculum and that allows each of our instructors to be teaching the same thing and each of them have assistance. Just because you don't know baseball doesn't mean you can't come on this trip. Um, each of the coaches that are here that may know a little bit more about baseball, they need help, they need assistance. Uh, it's a tremendous opportunity. It's hot. But when you see these young people, it'll, it'll kind of make the heat go away because it's such a blessing. It doesn't matter how old you are, I am 57. If I can do this at 57, anybody can do it. I would challenge you as a man in the pew to, to prayerfully consider coming down and be a part of play ball. Play ball has proven again and again the reality that there's a special place in the heart of a boy for the man who plays baseball with him. In play ball, that man earns the ears and the heart of the boy to listen to the gospel. We're looking for that man. We're looking for those men who'd be right for play ball to help us evangelize communities through quality baseball instruction. idea of what the ministry is for those of you who weren't aware of it but uh, one of the things that I, I love that's emphasized with this ministry is that it is with and through the local churches there in the DR uh, this is not about Americans coming down and trying to push on these people something that that's ours this was grown out of a passion that these Dominican churches had to reach their own communities with the gospel and they they wanted help. They were asking for help, and basically what they needed was personnel to come in and help facilitate it. But they are there uh, doing all the prep work. They are doing 
most of the, they're doing all the follow-up, they're doing a lot of the work during the week as well, and we're just there alongside them to help them evangelize their community. And uh, yes, I love, I love baseball. Not in the way that I love my wife and love Jesus and, and other things, but it's a passion for me, but that's not the reason I go. It's, as, as Dave Ferguson stated, that it's, do you love Jesus? Do you want to reach other people with the gospel? And you love baseball at the bottom. That's, that's, that's the order. And um, so this year's trip uh, was, we had three concurrent locations running. So we had uh, a camp in Bani, uh, in San Cristobal, and then Atomeor del Rey. Uh, Bani is down in the bottom left where the circle is. San Cristobal is a little bit up from there, closer to Santo Domingo. And then uh, I was up in Atomeor, which is over there on the right. Um, about an hour, hour and a half from the capital. And so we had uh, three groups. We all met down in the airport uh, in Santo Domingo. And the group that went to Atomeor, we all went together and we didn't see the other guys for the rest of the trip, uh, which was a little bit different. Usually what we would do is go down, uh, we would meet at a central location, spend a day together doing some orientation, getting used to the Dominican climate and culture a little bit and then branch off to our different locations. But uh, like you mentioned, with, uh, with COVID, it ended up pushing back the Dominican school year a month, and that kind of threw off timing on different things. And so a location that we normally would go to, uh, they were unavailable. And so we just kind of went off to our, our different locations, which was nice, I felt like, because it allowed us to spend a day um, getting to know the location a little bit better before we really got into the ministry stuff. And so those who came with uh, me on, on this trip, uh, these are the gentlemen uh, from, from the U.S. We had Pastor Timothy Collard. Uh, he's at Faith Baptist Church in Pekin, Illinois. Uh, he used to be at uh, his Faith Baptist in Pembine, right? Uh, so he used to be affiliated with Northland um, a while ago. Uh, missionary Sean Haney, He's with a ministry called Adelphos USA. Uh, he's also from that same church in Pekin, Illinois. Uh, and Adelphos is a, basically a ministry for, to Latin America, uh, Spanish-speaking Latin America. They help missionaries get prepared to go in and plant churches uh, in different areas. Uh, he's been into Cuba a couple times to help train pastors there, various different areas. And he came down and was our gospel station of leader this year. Uh, the next guy, uh, Ken Moon, he is a missionary in a unique position at a place called Missionary Acres in Missouri, and this is a place that's basically a retirement village for missionaries, pastors, and Christian school teachers. Um, and so if you are looking for a chance to use some physical skills to help build things, fix stuff, or just want to hang around a bunch of senior saints that have, have done some really cool things for the Lord... Um, Missionary Anchors may be a place to take a look. Vacation, long-term, whatever you want to do. But he's, uh, he was there. He came down with us to serve. Uh, Josh Calloway, uh, he's a, a young man from Cleveland. And uh, Jacob Russell, uh, he, he's from Waterford. He goes to First Baptist Lake Orion. Uh, graduated from Lobs this year. And uh, he, he came with me. And that one, uh, that one made me feel old because uh, I... Like, basically, before this trip, the only memories I have of Jacob is when I was a senior in high school, um, he was a two-year-old running around in the nursery at the time, so it was, like, kind of weird, but 
it was good to have him. Uh, and then uh, Dave Ferguson, he, he's the one who is kind of over overall. Uh, he and Coach Brent Castile, they come for part of, part of the trip. They basically come for a couple days and then they rotate to the different stations. But uh, they, they manage things. Uh, Coach Castile, as I said, he organizes the curriculum for the program. And that curriculum is important uh, because it gives credibility to what we're doing in regards to the instruction. We want to make sure that it's quality. You know, anything we're doing for the Lord, anything we want to do should be quality. And we want to make sure that it's something beneficial in that sense. And that gives us a legitimate opportunity to share the gospel with these kids. Uh, so that's the group from the U.S. Now from, uh, from the DR, we had several, several people that helped, uh, specifically in regards to the camps. Uh, the first one there, uh, Heidi Van Dyke. Uh, she is actually a Baptist mid-missionary there in Automayor. And uh, she does a lot of coordinating and, uh, we'll say, cultural interpretation for us. Uh, helping us to, like, she understands the Dominican way. She also understands the American way. And so it's good for us to have somebody who can help us filter through that and make sure that logistically things are, are running as they should. Um, Willie uh, Santana, he, he's a member of the church there, and he's been involved several times uh, in the ministry. Abel, uh, he is the school administrator. They, the church there in Atomayor has a rather large Christian school. Uh, they have about 700 students. And uh, this is, he runs that, and they were running into the school year, so he had to kind of balance things, but uh, that was, uh, he was a blessing to have. Raulene, uh he helps actually run a Compassion International Center in one of the local communities. And so he's part of the church outreach there. Uh, the churches run that, and uh, we got to visit that. And they were basically running a, a daycare that day for a bunch of three- and four-year-olds. So we got to hang out with like 40 or 50 three- and four-year-olds throwing balls and stuff. That was a little fun. Um, and then Habino, he, he's been part of the group for a while. And uh, he's a former really good ball player. Um, and uh, I believe he's also a deacon in the church and uh, well-respected in the community. He's, he's one of those guys, uh, like Habino is not his real name. I don't know what his real name is. This is just the name he goes by in the community. And uh, he's one of those guys that when he walks in the room or on the field, all the kids are like, Harbino. Like, they, like, he's a guy that they really admire. And so it gives opportunities, especially when they're kind of messing around. Um, go talk to Habino, and he'll take care of it. But uh, the congregation of the First Baptist Church there in Atumayor, uh, they, they, like I said, they run most of this. And it, it's impossible to say who was involved and who is not because... There are so many people that do various different things, whether it's interpreting, um, because most of us don't speak Spanish. They go down there. That's just reality. But they do provide interpreters for us to help with that. Uh, they help with meals, and uh, they help with a lot of the, the canvassing and things like that. But one of the biggest things that was going on during the week was every morning after breakfast, we'd go back to the church and, and pick up some stuff before we went to the field. And we'd walk in the auditorium, and there was always a group of ladies in there on their knees praying for the ministry. Um, it didn't matter when we went during the day. Uh, they were there. And they actually, we had a calendar of who was supposed to be there. So there were ladies there all day, every day, 
praying for the gospel outreach going on at Playboy. And that's where the power is for this ministry. Uh, it's not us being there. It's them going before the throne of grace for that. Uh, and so they're, they're very much, very much involved. So while we're down there, uh, it's not just the play ball, the baseball camp that we get to do. Uh, there's various different ministry opportunities. Uh, one of them uh, is preaching. Uh, several of us got the opportunity to preach at either the, the I'll say the mother church, the, the main church, or multiple of the daughter churches. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, so there's different preaching. Uh, there was an event on one of the Tuesday, on the Tuesday night. Uh, we got to be there for uh, and help them reach uh, the men in their community, obviously the camp. And then we have the closing program, uh, which is kind of similar when we do VBS. There's usually a closing program. Um, so we got to be involved with that. And uh, specifically for the preaching opportunities, I had the opportunity to preach three times while I was down there. And I uh, didn't find out about that until Saturday. Uh, and um, in the youth service, that was the first one. Uh, that was, it's kind of interesting, every Saturday night, their youth group slash college and career age group, kind of similar age, they have their own separate service, um, not to be separate from the church, but it's uniquely designed for them. Uh, they do that Saturday night, and uh, that is run by, by that group, and then they, they had me come in and preach. And uh, the gentleman to my, to my right, uh, he was, that's Sean Haney. He was the, the one who was our gospel station uh, leader. He, he was a missionary in Chile for a long time, so he's fluent in Spanish, and he was able to interpret for me. But uh, they do that on, on Saturday night, and then they're there again on Sunday for the main service. Uh, then I got to help in a town called Herba Buena and Punta Garza. And Herba Buena... Uh, this, uh, the gentleman that I'm standing next to, that's Pastor Kenny, and you saw him in the video. He is, um, he lives in Urba Buena. Uh, the, the main church is in Altamayor, which is about 10, 15 minute drive from there. And he had a burden to reach his town and decided to start this church and, and started uh, building and has built this up. And his hope and goal is to have play ball come out to this community to help reach the boys uh, and help establish the church a little bit more in that community. So he's built on areas that are supposed to be for dorms in the future and all those kind of things. And, uh, but they had me, they asked me to come preach and uh, you'll see there that their sound system was that one little speaker um, right next to me. And this was uh, several, I forget which time I went, but this was actually the first place that I ever had preached was at this uh, location, so I was happy to go back and, and share with them. And it also happened to be uh, that Sunday was also Father's Day. Not Father's Day here, but Father's Day in the Dominican Republic. So I got a chance to have Father's Day twice this year. That was kind of fun. Um, and uh, so I got to preach there, got to fellowship with them. And uh, that service, I think, started at like 8.30 in the morning. So I had to get there pretty early, and then they do kind of a snack reception after that, and those who are feeling up to it then head into town for the, the big service at the main church uh, after that. It starts around 10, 10.30. So that was Herba Buena, and then the following week, I got to preach at this church, uh, Punta Garza, and uh, this is in a little town within, within the main city, 
uh, neighborhood that uh, the gentleman that I'm standing next to, that's Pastor Elio, uh, he had a burden to reach this community and decided, uh, I'm going to go start a church here. And uh, started, started that, and this building, uh, this is just a house that they rent. Uh, they rented this home as, as the church building, and that uh, selfie that I have, that's everybody that was there. There were not a lot of people. Um, it was a rainy day, and down there when it rains, people don't usually go out. They don't have cars as often as we do. So walking in the rain, riding your bike in the rain, uh, riding your horse in the rain is not as much fun. Uh, so some of them didn't come, but from, from the size of the house, it may be a little bit, just a little bit bigger than that, their normal population. Um, but you'll see in the middle one, uh, there's a cardboard boat on the front porch. And the week that we were there for play ball, Pastor Elio and this church, which they're still affiliated with the, the main church, they also had vacation Bible school going on at the same time. And that, uh, that, that ship was part of their, their program. And he was praying to have 100 kids come to their vacation Bible school. And uh, they ended up with 50. They have a congregation of like 25 people. And they had 50 kids come for their VBS, um, which was really cool considering some of those kids were probably play ball kids in the afternoon. But uh, they had a lot of kids come for that and a good opportunity, good outreach. And it is interesting. I, I was preaching here, and uh, this, this building is right across the street, uh, kind of kitty corner from a Pentecostal church. And so as I was getting to the end of my sermon, uh, I just started hearing this mood music in the background. And I'm like, this is kind of eerie. Like, I, I'm getting to the climax, but I wasn't expecting that in the background. And it turned out it was just from the church across the street. But uh, so that was uh, a good opportunity, a great opportunity uh, there. So in regards to the, the camp itself, uh, as the video said, we run two sessions a day. We do a session in the morning and then a session in the evening. The intention is that it's different kids. Uh, we, we actually coordinate with the Little League coaches in town to try and get a certain number of the teams to come in the morning, as well as some of the local kids, as well as kids from the, the church. And then we do a second one in the afternoon. We run six stations, gospel, infield, throwing, outfield, hitting, and base running. And uh, this pavilion that was there, uh, this is where they did the gospel station uh, every day. And that was beneficial because it gets really hot and sunny. And so they had some shade, had a chance to get out of the sun. And as, as it was mentioned, our focus every day is the gospel station. We are there to provide an opportunity for the gospel station to be successful. And so one of the things that we as the other station leaders would do is talk with the gospel station leader every day. What are you going to be talking about today? How can we, how can we reinforce that in our other stations? Uh, which you think, how could you reinforce that? Well, it, depending on what they're talking about, uh, there are opportunities. But one of the things that, that he did was he, did, he gave all the kids these wordless book bracelets. Um, and one of the days he went through that. And so we just asked, can we also get these so that as the kids go around, they see that we have these as well. Let's present the unified, we're all on the same team, we're all doing this together. This is all about the gospel. And uh, so that was our focus. And they, they go through this every day. And the reason we break it down that way is so every kid is going to go through the gospel. If they skip something else, we don't care. 
but as long as they cycle through there, that's the most important. And uh, so we have here just some pictures of, of the camp going on. Uh, we do this Monday through Friday, and so we're doing uh, 10 sessions, and because of the rotation, it's usually six stations a day, so the gospel station presenter gets to present the gospel 60 times in a week, um, which for them is pretty exciting. They get to share the gospel 60 times uh, to a group of people. Uh, we did, however, have one rainout uh, Wednesday afternoon. It just poured and poured and poured, and so we had to go back to the camp and tear down uh, the batting cage and all that kind of stuff, and so we crazy Americans were running around with metal poles and a lightning storm, and that was, that was fun. Um, and uh, so we took a picture to show that we survived. But uh, the Dominicans don't like being in the rain, so some of them being in here was, was fun for us. Um, Jacob and I, we ran the infield station, and then uh, Martha here, she was one of our interpreters one of the days, or in the morning sessions usually. And uh, we would try and do our, our best. We'd use a little bit of Spanish, but she would fill in the rest that we couldn't and then she'd laugh at us when we'd mess up, too. So it was fun. Closing program. Uh, at the end of the week, we, we, have, we invite all the kids, their parents, the coaches, everybody to come to the church for a closing program. Uh, we give out certificates and things like that. But again, we get to the most important thing, present the gospel, and also introduce a lot of these people to the church. It's a relatively big building. As you can see, it's not one that they're going to miss. Uh, it's at a main intersection in, in the town, but having an opportunity for them to come in the doors and, and get used to this location. Um, and as you can see, there are a lot of kids there. Say so We had a large session, so there were a lot of kids there, had a lot of fun with them. And the gentleman on the steps, he was actually doing a live feed of the crowd up on their projection screen, so the kids were going crazy seeing themselves up on the front. Um, at the time. So at the closing program, uh, this, this little kid, uh, his name is Dylan, and I wanted to make sure he was up here because he was very much an answer to prayer for us during the week. Uh, we had one of the days, uh, we were getting ready for the session in the afternoon, and we usually would get together, we'd do a prayer time on the field before we break off into our sessions, and we got all together, and we're looking around, and like, um, where are the interpreters? There weren't any. Um, There's maybe one interpreter, and we needed at least three. And so we were like, okay, um, well, we'll figure this out. And we prayed in our little in our circle, you know, God, please provide interpreters so we can do this well. Um, but if you don't, we will do what we can. And. Uh, and we broke, broke the huddle and went to our spots, and there was no interpreter. Nobody came. And so Jacob and I were talking, like, well, we're just going to do what we can. I, I understand and can speak poquito, a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll make it through. Uh, worst case, we'll just start throwing baseballs at them, and they'll, they'll throw them back, and we'll, we'll make it fun. And as we were trying to get them organized, we, we got a group of kids. We we're trying to get them organized and everything going. And all of a sudden, one of these kids says, do you need help? Perfect English. Uh, yes, we do need help. I can interpret. Really? What's your name? And Dylan steps out. Turns out he was born in Brooklyn and <laughs> lived there for like eight or, eight or nine years. 
And so he speaks perfect English and Spanish. And so he was able to interpret for us and uh, was very helpful. And, and he, he kind of was our buddy for the rest of the week and, uh, and got to hang out with us. And it was interesting having him there because he's kind of one of the smaller guys in the group. And having him tell the bigger kids to listen to him, <laughs> it was having him translate that, that you guys need to listen to Dylan. And he had to say that to them. It was, it was fun. But um, it was one of those just tangible answers to prayer right there. Like, we're going to do it however God wants us to do it. And he provided this little kid who could do it. Um, so that was a blessing. Um, so I'll come back to the closing program here in a little bit. But uh, about the, uh, the church here, uh, this, this church is, has really been an encouragement to me, uh, a challenge to me. Uh, this, it's a relatively good-sized congregation, uh, probably a little bit bigger than ours uh, there in, in the Dominican. Uh, it's one of the first Baptist churches in, in the country. And they, their congregation really has a burden to reach their people. And they have currently, I think it's six daughter churches that uh, are in the surrounding area. Some of them are like 10 minutes away. One of them's like an hour away uh, that they go to. And so they have people who will go to those churches and then in the afternoon or evening, they'll come back for the evening service at the, uh, at the main church. And they're very well connected. They're, they're always looking for ways to reach their community. Uh, but the last Sunday night that we were there, uh, we got to participate in a baptism service and a uh, communion service all together. And they had uh, probably, I think it's like 12 individuals get baptized. Uh, some of them were young people who, were, who had grown up in the church and kind of just going into normal, uh, what I'd say normal transition into membership. But they had a lot of adults that had come to know the Lord as adults. And uh, so that was really encouraging. And uh, so that is their baptistry uh, there in the middle. But what they do is they record the people's testimony ahead of time. They play it up on the screen uh, while they're getting into place, and then they, then they do the baptism. Um, and uh, Pastor Collard got to participate in that as well. He got to baptize a few people, so that was fun. And then uh, doing communion with, with them. Uh, if you ever get a chance to do communion with a, a foreign uh, community, foreign church, uh, I definitely encourage you to do it. Uh, it's, it's amazing to see how the gospel bridges the gap between cultures. And uh, getting to fellowship in that way uh, was very, very uh, encouraging and, and interesting. So just some stats. Uh, we, we had about 100 kids per session. Uh, so we would see about 200 kids per day. We had over 300, uh, approximately 300 at the closing program. So kids, parents, uh, everybody. And uh, throughout the week, we had about over 50 professions of faith. Um, and Yes, these are kids that we don't know if those professions are genuine yet, but we have 50 professions of faith. That is, um, that's amazing. And uh, so we pray that those, those would continue to grow. And uh, many of these churches have seen kids come to faith, and, uh, and several of them are now in leadership positions in their churches because of this ministry. Not this year's, but past year's uh, trips. So some requests uh, to consider. Uh, Follow-up and growth, uh, particularly for those 50 or so uh, professions, the, those kids, uh, that there would be good follow-up, that they'd be able to connect them with the church. Those kids would grow and, uh, and grow to go on and serve the Lord. Uh, future expansion. 
You heard in the video that the intention, the goal, is to take play ball to other locations, uh, both within the Dominican. They have a couple locations picked out that they think it could work, uh, but also beyond that. Uh, we had, the last time I was there in 2019, we had a gentleman from Cuba who came, and he observed it, and uh, he kind of took it and did his own version of it in Cuba already, and so they're looking to kind of expand that. Uh, they'd love to get into uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, uh, Curaçao, a lot of the uh, Caribbean area, uh, Latin American countries, to, to use, this, use this tool uh, really to help these churches reach their communities. But they're also looking for not just baseball. Uh, they've seen this. Uh, they actually have right now in the Ivory Coast and in Ghana, they have a basketball version. Um, it's in, they say it in French, so I'm not even going to try that. But it's basically the same idea, but uh, using basketball. Uh, they're looking at volleyball. They're looking at soccer. They're looking at other, other sports to be able to, to do this. But this is intended, again, not as a top-down Baptist mid forcing this on, on people. This is the idea of when these missionaries or church planters or local congregations reach out and say, we we know how to reach our community. We know it would be effective. We need help facilitating that. That's the intention, is that we go in and provide that. Uh, and to be able to do that, we need more and new teammates, uh, more, more people, um, more people who would be willing to go to help in that regard, um, new people. And this was not an emphasis from me. This is an emphasis from them. Uh, a lot of the play ball veterans have been there 10 plus years now. And uh, they started when they were in their mid-50s. So they're getting to a point where it's not as easy for them to go. And we need younger, younger people to come. But people who are in their senior years are welcome to come too. We encourage that and uh, enjoy the time. So those are some of the requests. I wanted to uh, present here Coach uh, Dan Riley uh, real quickly. This year's trip was kind of dedicated, obviously, to Christ. But... Uh, Dan Riley was, was on our thoughts. He was a coach uh, with play ball uh, for several years, and last year uh, he had gotten diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and like six weeks later passed away. Um, and so we were all given these, I've, I don't know if any of you have noticed, but I have two bracelets that I wear all the time now. Um, this one says his name on it, and then in Spanish uh, says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And just a reminder, he, he was very much about the gospel, sharing the gospel. He loved this trip. And uh, when he passed away, his wife uh, coordinated basically a trust to help support this ministry. And it helped cover a lot of the costs for us to go down and, and do, do this trip. Um, usually it costs probably around $1,000. I think this time it was like $150, $200 to go. Um, and so... He was, he was definitely someone that we were thinking of, thinking of the gospel's impact. Um, even beyond his death, uh, he was able to use the resources that God had entrusted to he and his family to help advance the gospel. So a couple uh, questions uh, to consider for the congregation. Um, I know this was tailored specifically to my trip about uh, the play ball trip and baseball, but I don't present that as just to, like, look at me, this is about baseball, yada, yada, yada. It's really for all of us to consider what, what skills, talents, and hobbies 
do we, or what skills and talents do we have? What has God given you? Um, what interests or hobbies do you have? What are things that interest you? Um, and how are you currently using those to advance the kingdom of God? Um, whether it's a, a knitting club that's gospel-focused, um, which I heard about that they're actually in Baptist Mitt. They have a quilting club that makes quilts and sends them places as part of gospel ministry. Um, or what, and there's obviously a plethora of different things that could be out there, but what skills and talents do you have? What interests or hobbies do you have? And how are you using those to advance God's kingdom? And if you're only using those hobbies and skills for, for yourself, I encourage you to really take some time and consider how can God use this? How can I serve and share the gospel through this? Um, and if you have any interest in joining in this ministry, come talk to me. I would love to take five guys with me next time um, and be able to, to help in that way. But uh, we'll see from there. But uh, that's, that is it. So I'll go ahead and close in prayer. And then uh, I think that'll be it for tonight. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to gather. I thank you for the opportunity to present this ministry and the opportunity to think as well of how, how are we doing at reaching our local community. I pray that we would go from this place this week, that we would see those around us as people that need to hear the gospel, that we would be sharing the gospel, and that we would see growth in their lives. I pray that you would Help us uh, as we go home tonight to be encouragement to one another and uh, that you would protect us as we travel. Pray us in your name.